you feel it, you know it. D. Raw Productions. What's up, people? It's your boy D-Raw, the connoisseur, giving you another episode of the Houston Sports Connoisseurs podcast. I got Corey with me here today, as usual. What's going on, people? Happy to be back once again. Yeah. So today we got a lot of things to go over. You know, the usual, though, college football, NFL sports, uh, boxing, MLB, uh World Series, you know, all the good stuff and all the sad stuff as well. Um, first, let's just go ahead and talk about week nine of college football. Let's give our recap on that. Um, some schools just can't seem to get over hill. You know, some schools just continue to fight with pride. Um, one of those schools, you know, that made that move to the next level is Sam Houston. Uh, still out there losing week in and week out, man. Took another loss to UTEP, 37-34. One thing I can say about Sam Houston is that they continuously mm. try, but just yet have to get over the hill. Hey, that game was close, though. They took that one down to the wire. Though. I was watching that one that night. They actually did all they could in that game. They just couldn't just finish at the last second. Yeah. Which is okay, though, because at least that lets the coach know that they're actually in there doing what they have to do to try to, like, get better, but they just didn't finish. Well, look, they're currently 0-8. Next week, they, they take on Kennesaw State. If they can't beat them, bro, it's a problem, and I think that's going to be the the game where the uh, coach might get fired if they can't knock that team off because that's a team they should definitely beat. Is that team that bad? I mean, Kennesaw State, that's not even FBS football right there. That's FCS, you know what I'm saying, standards right there, man. They got to knock them dudes off, bro. What is they record? Kennesaw State, they 2-5. and five. They ain't okay. playing nobody, man. They, they FCS, bro. So, if Sam Houston can't get their first win of the season against them, they got a big issue. Well, it could be just morale, though. You never know. Uh, it might be a lot of things at this point. You know, it is kind of crazy, though, because didn't they get a lot of people to transfer there when they made the move they, up? They had at least at least 60 people transferred up. That's what I'm trying to figure out what's really going on. See, the thing about the transfer portal, bro, it's so tricky. You know, you just really don't know what you're going to get unless it's just a player that's been a standout and he decided to transfer, which is unlikely, you know, especially to transfer somewhere like that. So, yeah, it's, it's real tricky, though. Well, hopefully they can get the win. But, you know, nothing is guaranteed. That's why we play the game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so um, we got number one Georgia that took on Florida. Man, I thought that was going to be a good game. Carson Beck, 
He went for 315 in the uh, passing. He did what he had to do, I'll tell you that. 43 uh, to 20 victory for Georgia. Sadly, you know, that that game having so much uh, camaraderie around it and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. you, you would think that you would get a better, a better rival game on TV. You ain't kidding. But I think, honestly, to be honest with you, I feel like this is Georgia's first test of the season. And they did good. But, you know, I know sometimes, I know this year I've noticed too, they have played down to their competition. So because of that, they make a lot of, you know, mistakes. But they played good football over the weekend. That's that's true. That's true. Um, Ohio State and Wisconsin took on each other. Ohio State won 24-10. But that game was actually really, really close. Uh and I think I was pretty much right. That game was actually a lot more entertaining than Ohio State and Penn State. Really? To me, it was. Because Wisconsin actually put up a pretty damn good fight, bro. And, and to say the least, uh, it was it was a really entertaining game. But Wisconsin mostly puts up a good fight when they play, like, Ohio State, Michigan, things like that, because they trying to, you know – get their name back out there, too, trying to get some good recruits, too. So if you can put up a good showing against them, you can at least keep your hometown, you know, kids in the state. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Washington took on Stanford. Washington won 42-33. That was a good game as well. You know, Stanford, uh, they, they have been surprising some teams so far this season. Colorado, you know. Oh, man, don't call them out. Don't call them. <laughs> Hey, Coach Prime said they're going to live and learn from that. Colorado. Hey, Colorado's been on the slump lately, man. Well, i tell you one thing. It's just going to show that Colorado ain't ready yet. You know, they're a decent football team. But uh, Washington, they, they staying consistent, bro. They they doing what they got to do. Uh, but how you like that Oklahoma and Kansas game? Number six, Oklahoma went into Kansas, uh, took the L 38-33. Hey. My big shout out is to Les Miles. He has really turned that program around. Bro, I told you Les Miles is not the coach there no more. Bro, he got fired, bro. Oh my god. <laughs> nah, he, he's just Les Miles, man. Les Miles. Let's see. Les Miles is a former football coach that's sitting at oh, home retired. right now, and uh, he he on administrative leave, bro. Like he he been gone, man. Administrative leave. Oh man, I mean, he probably did something. Or let's—I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna jump the gun and say nothing negative like that. He probably just, you know, probably just for health reasons. I'll do it like that. Something, something. But it's still in system though. So at least they buying into the system, whatever that system may be. Yeah, Les Miles parted ways with Kansas back in March 2021, my boy. Damn. And he been on administrative leave for two years? Oh, yeah, nah, he, it's over. You on something. You on retirement, I guess. Yeah, that, that's all that is. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I like the upset over Oklahoma. It makes everything in the Big 12 a whole lot more uh, interesting, to say, um, as well as Kansas State, you know, they, they dominated U of H 41-0. We'll talk about that in a minute, but that was disappointing on U of H part. Houston, Dana Hogerson, got to do better. Um, BYU. They, now, they need to part ways with him. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, bro. They they need to do something. Something has to change. Something got to shake. God damn it. <laughs> uh, BYU went into uh, UT. They they got defeated thirty five to six. I was expecting a whole lot more out of uh, BYU to be honest, especially because they was like the only team coming from uh, you know outside of the Big Twelve into the, the new Big Twelve and with a, a decent record. I thought they was gonna put up a good fight, but boy. Did they not? 35 to 6? That ain't it. Oh, <laughs> uh, 35 to 6. Hey, you know, didn't you think BYU you had a chance? Yeah, I, I really did. You know what I'm saying? Looking at the record, you know, them being uh at the time, it was, what, 5 and 2. They had defeated Texas Tech uh, the week before. They um they got their ass whooped by TCU, 44-11. But they beat Cincinnati. They lost to Kansas. They beat Arkansas. You know, they, you know, they took took out some solid teams. I mean, they they beat Sam Houston, but who hasn't? You know, they they beat uh Southern Utah. Who is that? But hey, I thought they had a chance, bro, to make it competitive. <clears throat> well, hey, at the end of the day, I don't trust nothing that comes out of BYU. <laughs> well, look, you know who else lost thirty five to six? I was highly disappointed. Who? Utah. They lost to Oregon, thirty-five to six. I can expect that. Or like Oregon is a very good football program right now. Utah is one of them teams like we're not top tier, but we're at least in the second tier in the Pac-12. Yeah, they. That's why I don't feel like. Hey, 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 hey! How dare you say that about the school that gives everybody Dodge Rams? Huh? How dare you? What? They give everybody Dodge Rams since when? You didn't see that? Oh man, I need to, I need to go yeah. be a unit. All eighty-five players got a new Dodge Ram. Man, what part of the NIL deal is that? And you and you dare call them second tier Pac twelve? How dare you? Nah, they still second tier. Just because you can beat USC every year, that don't mean that you're good. Hey. Everybody can beat USC. <laughs> I ain't you know, say everybody. Colorado could have did it, but they just gave up. They didn't give up. They just started too late. That that too. Uh, a couple other good games. Penn State, Indiana. Penn State, Indiana, thirty-three to twenty-four. Penn State won the game. Um, that was a real close game as well. A real entertaining game. Like I said, man, that Ohio State Penn State game went all that good. It was cool, you know, for the viewership, for the for the rankings and stuff. But these uh these games this this past week was a whole lot more entertaining, you know. Uh, Penn State, Indiana was a good game. Man. Hey, you know what? Now, Penn State, you're going to get mad at me again. I feel like they're another tier two school, too. Like, we already know Michigan, Ohio State, those are tier one. Then you got Penn State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. And then everybody else just falls in the third tier. I don't I don't think they should be like a tier two, bro. I think they should be like a tier one A and a tier one B and maybe Penn State fall on the tier one B. Cause that's uh, that's a pretty a pretty good school, bro. Football. No, 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 no. They have good lineage. I'm not saying that. Because at one point in time, you know, they the won national title. But we talking about as of like right now. They still up there though to me. 
to me they they more uh got more prestige than USC at this point. Well, we talking about Big Ten. I know we're talking about Big Ten. I'm just saying, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I feel like they got a little bit more prestige. All right, so, all right, let's, let's do the breakdown. Let's do the breakdown. If you had a chance, I'm talking about you a five-star recruit. Five stars. Penn State come knocking at your door, offer you a full ride, guaranteed to start. Then Ohio State comes in, offers you a full ride, but you can't start the first year. You got to sit a year and then start. Which one are you taking? Well, me uh, was, uh, 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 which one are you taking? I was just saying, bro, me being biased, you know, I'm going to ride with Ohio State. But overall, I mean, I'm going to take Penn State, bro. You know what I'm saying? All right. All right. All right. So you're saying you're, saying you're biased. All right. So if you had to choose out of Penn State and Michigan, which one would you take? Now, that's a toss-up. Because now I even I ain't make it better. Both of them say you can start day one, no red shirt. You all the way in. You true freshman, full ride. Penn State or Michigan. And they both giving you the top notch NIL deal. They both giving you five million a year. Uh probably Michigan. <laughs> so once again. <laughs> No, I'm just you saying, gave, like, I don't you know. I'm just, you gave Penn State all this credit and you didn't choose them. I'm just thinking cap. about the history, and the bro. Part is, the time that I thought you really would choose Penn State because you love Ohio State. I do, but that's why I said bias me. You chose Michigan. You, that, is your, that is Ohio State's hated rival. I know, like, but... I don't know, bro. I'm just comparing the two schools. I think I'll probably go to Michigan before I go to Penn State. Oh, man. That boy said he would choose his hated rival. Man, I mean, you bro, get to play in a big house that. every week. You know, you get to wear that, that blue and yellow. I mean, color scheme look a little bit better. I think it'll really just come down to, like, what I seen when I went to go visit the campus more or less than anything. But just from like a, a outsider looking in, I probably just choose Michigan. Well, say so he gonna be in Ann Arbor. But <laughs> say so he ain't worried about Pennsylvania. Um, a couple other good games. You had Oregon State and Arizona. Oregon State failed. They was number eleven in the nation. Arizona beat them twenty-seven twenty-four. Arizona. Yep. You know who showed up again? Noah Fafita, the same guy that was showing up against USC. Threw he threw 275 yards. Oh, Notre Dame Pittsburgh. It was it was a washout, bro. Notre Dame won 58 to 7. Wasn't much of a rivalry. 58 to 7. That said that was a rivalry game. It is a rivalry game, but I mean Obviously, Pitt ain't got it this year. I don't know the last time Pitt had it. Man, Pitt be putting putting together some good teams. Uh, number twenty Duke and number eighteen Louisville played against each other, and uh, Louisville dominated them twenty three to zero. Oh my god! 
Yeah, and then North, number 17, North Carolina, they played Georgia Tech. And they lost to Georgia Tech, bro. 46-42. Drake made 310 yards, though. Hey, Drake made look good, but like, he didn't have some tough losses these past two weeks. They just they just missing the other players, bro. They missing the other players, you know. But the crazy part is they still gonna win the no, nah, they not gonna win the ACC. It's gonna be Florida State, huh? Yeah, it's gonna be Florida State. Cause I forgot Clemson is done. Well, they gotta play for it, huh? Like I said, you don't think they can beat them? They, they, that, they can somehow beat, beat them. They can somehow beat them, bro. Who North Carolina? Yeah, they can somehow beat Florida State in the, in the uh, conference championship. I'm I don't know about that one. We, I got to see that to believe that one. I ain't going to lie to you. I got to see that one to believe that one. See, Colorado lost to UCLA 28-16. to I seen that coming. Uh, USC barely beat Cal 50-49. to uh, I didn't see that one coming. I remember, I was like, man, they going to dominate. I thought they was going to dominate. We have analyzed and broke down Caleb Williams' game for the past, what is it, three weeks now? Kevin Williams did throw 369 yards. Yeah, but he threw it against a team. That, when was the last time Kyle had a winning record? My point is that. I don't know. So far, let's see. The, he shouldn't be struggling with the team like Cal. I mean, I'm going to put it this way. When you look at the man statistically, bro, like statistically looking at his stats, uh, this week he had 369 yards, two TDs, no interceptions. Last week he had 256 yards passing. Zero interceptions, zero TDs. Uh, against Notre Dame, he had 199 yards passing, one TD, three interceptions. Um, Arizona, he had 219 yards passing, one TD, no interceptions. Colorado, he had 403 yards passing, six TDs, one interception. I mean, overall, he, he he's thrown 2,646 yards on the season, 25 TDs. Four interceptions with an 82 quarterback rating. All right. So you know who else had great stats like that in college? Who? Demarcus Russell. You know who else had <laughs> great stats like that in college? Who? Johnny Manziel. You know who else had great stats like that in college? <laughs> who, though? Zach Wilson. Do, like... So, what did all three of them have in common? Great stats in college. And? But. First round picks. <laughs> and? Go ahead and say it. What did they turn out to be in the NFL? Losers. Oh! <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Losers. I can't really call Zach Wilson a loser this year, though, but. Russell's still trying to get in the NFL right now. Johnny Manziel, hey, we don't know where he is. He probably out there doing some drugs somewhere. For all we know. 
Yeah. Well, I will stay eating Baylor. He won the Heisman. But what I tell you, but what a stain on the Heisman trophy it is. They want to talk about Reggie Bush. All Reggie Bush did was take a house. He was actually talented. Johnny Manziel didn't know nothing. <laughs> if anybody should be stripped of their Heisman trophy, it should be him. Because he has done nothing for the sport but tarnish it and ruin it. Well, it looks like you got it out for that guy, huh? Hey, no, nah, he had it out for them. He, hey, he the one who stole. Stole Poe Cleveland's money, stole their draft pick, and then they had the nerve to get desperate and draft Brandon Wheat the next year. Man, man, you went all the way back with that one. Yeah, see what I mean? Oh, it was so how, how old was Brandon Wheat? He was like, what, 28? <laughs> he was like 28. Hey, I just that was he was old week. already. I remember that. Yeah, talking about he's already established. We can we can draft him. Stop. And he did play in the NFL for a little while. Hey, so did Jamarcus Russell. So did Johnny Manziel. And everybody gets to play for a little while if you're a first round pick. Hey, not for long, man. Not for long. Yeah, we know we know the true we know what the true meaning of the NFL means. Not for long. Well, I tell you what, Dana Hogerson, he ain't got long because uh forty one to zero loss to Kansas State is unacceptable in my book, and it should be in everybody else's book who's been sitting around acting like they're waiting for them to get better and uh for him to recruit these special players that he he claimed that the 2024 uh, recruiting class has sailed on by and is gone. And U of H, I say U of H, U of H ranks uh, like 99 or something in the country when it comes to recruiting for their 2024 class. That's bad news when we're talking about the Big 12 and you made this Power 5 move. Uh, you knew you was going to the Power 5 and yet you did nothing. It doesn't matter if uh, you can recruit all the big dogs right away. You knew you was going this past year of all of them, and uh, you should have done something to prepare for Power 5 play, especially when you was a Power 5 coach at West Virginia, and you knew what the Big 12 had to offer as far as players and what kind of players and talent you was going to be going up against. You should have been prepared more than any of these other teams that joined the Big 12. Man, you talk about me having it out for Zach Wilson and Johnny Manziel. Look how you just did whole thing. I ain't done. I'm not done yet. You know, I got some people to talk about. I got some things to cover as far as U of H is, is concerned. You know, uh, you know, it's just a lot of things, man. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just highly disappointed to be totally honest. Overall, with the uh, with the state of the team, bro. Like, you know. No, I understand, Nate, because honestly. They should not be three and five. They should, should be. not be three and five. They should have a way better record than that. Should be way better than that. You know, it's, look, it's, you, you got a quarterback that can play because Donovan Smith has been doing his part. Yes, he does have a couple of hiccups, 
But I feel like that's more because of the offense that he's in, not so much as his actual play itself. But there's a lot of things that he can improve. But I feel like that's the same coach that took Geno Smith to a whole new level. And you have the same quarterback with that same kind of potential, and you don't even utilize it to its full capacity. You know, and not, and not only just that, he took a couple quarterbacks to a new level, you know, while they was in West Virginia. Huh? I remember Pat White, him and Steve Slayton. Like, he has a good track record. That's why I don't understand, like, why he's coming up short. And then, you look, I'm not trying to talk about the state of West Virginia, but let's let's be real. He kept West Virginia competitive for years in a state that nobody thinks about as far as football. And you telling me you can't, with all of this talent you have around you, you can't help elevate U of H? Stop it. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think Pat White and, like, Steve Slayton, they was, like, before he got there, but. Oh, okay. But he had some other some other uh, quarterbacks that came through his little loophole, you know, that was draft-worthy and stuff. I, I can't remember all their names, but. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What was that dude? Man, I know exactly who you're talking about. Oh, my God. Uh, I think he played for the Cowboys for a little bit. And what is that dude's name? Uh, I, ooh, it's, man, it's on the tip of my tongue, bro. I got to go look it up, man. I don't know. I know exactly who you're talking about, I too. I don't know. We have to go back and, and review that part. But, yeah, bro, he, he had some other people come out, you know, and they played decent. And, honestly, like, the, the quarterback play of all his teams has never really been bad, totally, to be totally honest. I mean – I will say that it could be improved, you know, and, and but what quarterback can't improve, you know, throughout the season or whatnot? Who's not going to make mistakes? But uh, when you go out there and you go 13 for 28 for 88 yards, one, t- one interception, no TDs, um, and you have 12 carries on the ground for 56 yards throughout the game, and you got four receptions for 49 yards, and those are your game leaders. You have a problem, bro. You have a big problem. It's it's a problem of not being prepared. It's a problem of uh not just putting in the time to even win the game. I don't want to hear about, oh, we watch film this many times a day. We practice this many times a day. Apparently, whatever they're doing, they're not doing it the right way. And whoever's giving them the directions on how to do it, they're not doing it the right way. So... When we talk about all that, all that shit circle back towards who? The head coach, man. The coaches on the team, the staff. The defense not stopping anything. And the players just giving up in the second half. That's because they're not buying into the program. Don't tell me that these players is all all for it and all bought in, bro. Because I looked at the game. I watched the game just like everybody else. And the players gave up in the second half. Like, I seen them just missing tackles on purpose at, at some you know point of the game because they already knew it was over. Like, man, their their game plan didn't work, bro. And and the thing that was looking like it was thriving in the right direction was the run game, but they gave that up. They started trying to pass. The receivers was dropping balls. Like it was just a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, it was the coaching, but it was the players too. But more more overall, I feel like it was the the coaching. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't expect you race to win this game. I didn't. I didn't expect them to go out there and win this game. But I did expect them 
to go out and put up a damn good fight, especially after they played UT the week prior. And I seen them go, you know, toe-to-toe with UT, bro, and just got cheated on the first down, which could have stopped them from tying the game. And you tell me you go out to Kansas State and you lay an egg, bro, like that? 41-0? Oh, no. That's unacceptable, dog. <laughs> and then the crazy part is if Texas and Kansas State play in the upcoming weeks, I guarantee They play next week. Well, they play this week. And it's going to be like, what? Yeah, they play this week. So we get to see how good this Kansas State team is. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, Kansas State's a a solid team. That's why I didn't expect U of H to win the game because Kansas State, the things that they do on their offense, it was just, you know, it was just a a destruction for U of H defense. It wasn't going to really work for them. The the way they run the ball, the kind of offensive line they got, they got number 50 Cooper B.B., out there just destroying U of H players. He's getting the second and third level, bro, making plays, like putting boys in the in the dirt. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, I, I don't know. But I'm going to be honest, man. I really don't like Donovan Smith at this point. His, his, no, uh, I don't say that, bro. I don't. No. I don't. I, his, his, uh, his quarterback ratio, you know, the amount of touchdowns and stuff like all that, it all looked good, but – I just don't like his character right now. I don't like the way he carry himself, especially if they're down. Like, I feel like he was just a great face out there, bro. Like, he was just somebody just there just for the hell of it. He didn't look like he really cared, or he didn't look like he was enthusiastic about being in the game and trying to push for a win. It's like he kind of gave up, too. I just don't see him as a leader of the team right now. Wow. I'm trying to tell you, man. I'm trying to tell you. I just don't see it, bro. You just can't go down 41-0. You know, I know they had a chance to to kick the field goal and make it. When the dude lined up for the field goal, I already figured he was going to miss the field goal because I've just been looking at how he's been kicking the the, uh, ball throughout the season so far, and it has not been good. I was surprised when he made that one field goal against UT. He kicked the ball so goddamn high. Shit, you know, I'm just, just saying, bro. I see it all, man. I see it all. Yeah, and, I, I, I'm not, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I, and from I what I that. see from Dana, bro, it, it's, it's, not, it's not anything uh, of, of a competitive coach that, you know what I'm saying, I don't see nothing that's going to be competitive out of him right now. You know, even just the way he carry himself. He don't carry himself like he want to be a winner or he is a winner. Not right now. The, the way he talks, it's just not, it's not enthusiastic. Like, do y'all really want to play for that, man? Do y'all really want to play for that? And, you know, I'm asking that, but it's obvious. They don't want to play for that. 41-0. That's, that's the results, nigga. That's the results. Yeah, I said it. I said the N-word. That's the results. Oh, and I remember, the, I remember I looked up the quarterback. It was Will Greer. If yeah. you can turn Will Greer to a star, trust me, he can do a lot with Donovan Smith. Yeah, you know, bro, I just don't, I really don't understand what Donovan Smith is like. He sits back there and everybody in college football or Big 12, whoever be looking at U of H, they can, they can complain about the line and stuff like that. But the old line really ain't that bad, man. I see that dude sitting in that pocket for a while. It'd be way more than three seconds, bro. He just sit there, sit there, and he throw the ball and he make bad decisions. I'm telling you, man, like, 
If he don't see his first two reads, one, two, three, he needs to run. I don't understand why he don't run. You know what I'm saying? He, what, 6'2", 241. It just don't make sense. Run the ball, bro. Run the ball. You was doing that at Texas Tech. Now, all of a sudden, you come to Houston. I know the scheme is a little different. The play is a little different. But at the end of the day, scrambling is scrambling. Run the ball. All right, he might, he might have some injuries that he ain't really just let on try to keep his job. Because maybe the person behind him, he feel like that person can just take over the starting duties. He might get his job back because the team going to get hot. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. But uh, the person that's behind him got in the game, and he just fumbled the ball right away. So I don't think he a threat either. <laughs> just looking at, you know, I had sent you uh, all those comments that I had went back and forth. I don't know if you ever got to look at them. Oh, where, I did. Where I was Lamb. going back and forth with this guy, Chris Pilot, on Facebook. Hey, hey, that man say Coldison is not the issue, man. That's what he said. He also said that he uh, got a whole lot more insight than me on football overall. Oh, stop it. So... Is he on the field? I don't, I don't even no. know. Him. No, he ain't on the field. He used to be on U of H field uh, back in, what, 2005. Uh, oh, so he think he said out of pass. He think he said just come in and just look around and just uh, call the shots? He, he was never calling any shots. Now, when I look at his stats, he was never calling any shots. Oh, man, don't don't skip Bayless, that man. Don't hey, do it like that. You know, <laughs> hey, I gave him the chance to get on the podcast, you know, talk to me since he knows so much about football. Um, 6'1", 215. Uh, he went to U of H from, what, 2004 to 2008, I guess. Okay. Weak side, defensive end. Man, let me find them stats, bro. Let me find them stats. Oh, Wait a minute, did you say six two two fifteen? No, six. Uh, what, I think I said six one two fifteen, something like that. And you said he was a defensive end. Yeah, he was weak, weak side defensive end. Oh man! Let's see. He played. He played six, ten. One, two fifteen, bro. That boy sounded like a corner. <laughs> hey, he I played. Thought, I thought you said that wrong, bro. I thought you, about, you said six one. Two fifteen, bro. That's a that's a wide receiver, my guy. That's a that's special teams play. Yeah, uh, two thousand five. He played ten games. He had two solo tackles, twenty nine assists, and thirty one total. Uh, okay. He had uh, a half. That was, his, that was his, uh, his first year, right? Yeah, his, his first year. Okay. Um, he had like a half. Well, he had two uh, yards for a loss. Tackles for a loss. Okay. In 07, he played 13 games, six solos, 10 assisted tackles, 16 total. One tackle for a loss. Uh, 2008, he had 10 games he played in, six solos, five assisted tackles, and 11 tackles, and one tackle for a loss. Overall, he played 33 games. He had 14 tackles, 44 assists, 58 total tackles, and he had two and a half tackles for a loss for four yards. Okay. 
is like is he coaching or oh like, he oh yeah he's a coach he's a coach at Temple High School in Temple okay. Texas. Uh, but first let's talk about statistics. Just because you play college ball doesn't make you no expert of no football. It's people on TV, Stephen A. Smith, uh, Skip Bayless, uh, and many more that has never played a lick of football, and that's just fans of football and study the game, and they know more about the sport than he do. So... Just because he played college football doesn't mean that he know more than me about football. Just because I played high school football uh, and I didn't decide to play college football and somebody that made a never played football or played only middle school ball doesn't mean that I know more than them. If you study the sport, you know something. But sometimes, it's, you know, sense is just not coming. Uh, this coach uh, was Coach Pilot. His team is 1-8 right now in oh, high man, school football. So you can't tell me, you can't tell me that you are an expert of football or anything like that if your team is one and eight. You can't tell me that if you statistically as a player was not good. Usually, you know, you either lean left or right. Usually, usually you either a, a bad player and a good coach, or you a good coach, you know, and and uh, a good player or something like that, you know, or you just average some somewhere you even out. But this guy here, you know, he just he said he got it all, you know, overall. But um, this boy he'll just cook this man on national on national podcast, baby. No, I want I want him to I want him to get on the podcast. You know, he he also talked about because you know his son played for U of H. Uh, He was what a four star receiver. All right, first off, when we was in the comments, I didn't even know anything about. Chris Pilot didn't know who Chris Pilot was. Uh, he had somebody else hop on and tell me that he said you don't know who you're talking to. Uh, this is former player of U of H and he's a coach at Temple High School. Blah 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 blah. And I was like, okay, dude, like I really don't care who he is. We just talking about football. At the end of the day, that's all it's about. I don't care if he was a goddamn politician. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, we was all created equal, and we talking about football. So don't tell me about no expert this and expert that. When I look at everything that I can find on you, you ain't good at it. Okay, yeah, your son is a four-star uh, receiver, but he's red-shirting right now, which is no problem. Uh, but I don't care about your son being a four-star receiver that went to U of H either because that doesn't have anything to do with what I'm doing. So, man, the whole point is, bro, don't sit up here and act like you a, a college football expert or any kind of expert or anything when it comes to talking about football when I'm just simply stating the facts about this team. This team is in need of a new coach. This team is in need of highly better recruiting uh, from high school, not just the portal. You can't just live off the portal because you don't know what you're getting out of the portal. Uh, so I don't want to hear about Dana Hogerson having a good portal class, you know, from last year and then that he going to do it again. No, bro. Go out and recruit. It doesn't make sense that you can't recruit well for this Houston team and you're in the Big 12, especially when we looked at other coaches that have came to Houston and used Houston as a stepping stone. 
and uh, recruited very, very well within a one to two year span. Coach Tom Herman, uh, Tony Levine. Tony Levine, he really recruited the whole team for Tom Herman. And then Tom Herman was just a successor that took over all the good things that he left, you know, by. So, you know, uh, even, bro, we can even talk about um, uh, Kevin McHale. You know, I'm not Kevin McHale. What's his name, bro? Kevin Sumlin. Uh, you know, it's this the recruiting is ridiculous, man. Hey, you know what? I can't even lie to you, bro. I know not to ever make you mad because you just literally just cooked this man. <laughs> hey, he really got to come on the show right now and defend himself now because he, he really needs to. Hey, I, as of right now, my boy is looking horrible. Hey, I told him to get on the show. I told him to get on the show. I invited him. You know, he he the expert. We can look at the stats. We can look at everything. We can go deeper into things, you know, whatever whatever he want to do, man. Or whoever want to get on the show. Everybody's welcome, bro. Everybody's welcome. It's, it's oh, a sport. Oh, I know we're equal opportunity. I'm not, I'm not disputing that at all. I just know, hey. Hey, look, bro, you ain't have to turn the fire that high, bro. You know, I, I really you had thought about it. Like that. You didn't have to cook him like that. I really had thought about it, but really, what really had bothered me is he said this one simple thing. He said, me and my son's skin is thick, and my son's skin is even thicker. And he's basically saying that he wouldn't let none of this nonsense that we was talking about bother him. That's, that's a, a false accusation, my boy. Because if that was a fact, you would have never even said anything under my post. You would have just shut the hell up. That's true. So, your skin ain't thick enough. Now, your son's skin might be thicker because he ain't on the post. But then again, he a player, so he don't really have the right to just get up under the post and start talking like that. You know? But, hey. Uh, that's just how I feel about U of H, bro. U of H, like I said, overall... They got to do better. They need to get better real quick and real fast. Uh, next week, they take on Baylor. I'm actually kind of hopeful. I actually feel like we actually got a shot against Baylor. Statistically, both teams are pretty much equal. You know, um, and I, I just think I think they might be able to pull it off at Baylor. You know, but if they don't, it's, it's really going to suck because they got Baylor, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, and UCF left on the schedule. Uh I want them to be bowl eligible. Right now they're three and five. If they can get to six and six or seven and five, that's a successful season for Dana Hogerson, and he looks a whole lot better in my in my picture. You know, but man, if they only if they only win, let's say two more games and they go like five and seven or something like that, bro, he's gonna look real oh, bad in my rear view. He gotta he gotta get fired. I'm sorry. Yeah. You gotta get fired. Yeah. Um, last couple things, man. Rice, Rice Isles, they lost to uh, Tulane, thirty to twenty-eight. A real good fight for Rice. You know, um, Tulane was ranked number twenty-two in the nation. Rice put up a damn good fight. But we already knew Rice was a solid team, and that's all I wanted to see out of U of H. I just want to see them be competitive. Forty-one-zero is unacceptable, but. 41 to like 24 or something like that. I can respect that. At least I know we went out there and we fought. But, bro, 41-0, you just laid down and rape them. Let them rape you all the way, man. All the way. Oh, my God. Not the rape reference. 
I'm just saying, bro. I'm going hard on this episode, man. Hey, look, I can't wait to play this one back and listen to this. Boy, this is a this is a hell of a good time right here, man. Nah, this, oh, hey, God. look, and just so everybody know, at the end of the college football season, I'm going to do an episode just on Houston Cougar football, giving the state of the program and where we need to go and where we at. And whoever want to hop on and talk about U of H, man, y'all are more than welcome. That's for sure. Um, but TSU, they lost to Southern uh, 23-17. It's, it's, it's become unacceptable, TSU. You and U of H, y'all need to partner up, bro. You know, get it together. Get it together, bro. And you know what? And I actually said that T- TSU had a chance to beat them, bro. Damn. Shit. Hey, but look. The whole point is at least they put some on the board. You know what I'm saying? 23-17, they was right there. Oh, and then look. Look, they lost in overtime, bro. They lost in overtime. So, you know, hey, they fought. That's the whole point. They fought. That is true, right? I'd rather, hey, I'd rather fight and go down like, like, like that. Then just sit out there and just be ran over, though. Hey, man, even PV fought, bro. They lost to Florida and them 45-7. I, I said they was going to get their ass handed to them, you know. 45-7. But they put bro, seven wait, on the wait, board. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. That, that's, that wasn't the fight. It wasn't, but it's something on the board. Guess what? They didn't close out the game with nothing. They left with something. God damn. Uh, you know who won also? Houston Christian University. 17 to 13. They defeated Texas AM Commerce, man. Them man, boys they actually having a, a good season. Yeah, bro. Them boys four and four right now. They take on uh, Northwestern State next, but that game is canceled because Northwestern State has canceled their football program for the season uh, after um, one of their student athletes was murdered, uh, sadly to say. Um, I don't know the whole effect of, you know, how it affected the team and, and the state of the program, but they did cancel the football season. Hope the best for them. You know, prayers for uh, Northwestern State. Hope they get on the right page. But uh, I guess that's going to be another dub in um HCU pocket for this season, or I guess it's just not going to be anything, you know, just going to come Hey, my condolences to that player's family and to the school Northwestern State, man. I, I didn't know, I didn't hear anything about that on the news, but either way, I'm still sorry that that happened. Man, that's, oh, that was just hard to hear. Yeah, yeah, for real. Um, well, skipping Northwestern State, ACU will be taking on McNeese uh, next. And that would that'll be on uh, November eleventh. So McNeese Cowboys, they're 0 and seven. ACU is four and four. And I'm liking uh ACU chances of getting past five hundred, man. I'm liking that. Go ACU. I'm trying to tell you. Uh, so we talked about that that horrible week, you know, week nine of college football let's drop the the quick predictions you know we're gonna pass through some of the major games and uh the first one that comes to my mind is ut and kansas state playing against each other at ut and ut being favored by three and a half points what do you think bro Hmm, let me see 
And you said they favored by how much? Three and a half. Oh man, you know, and you know, I'm a big over under <laughs> person too. So three and a half, that's not really nothing to really just move the needle. And it's college football, so you really don't know what type of mind state they really be in. I'm gonna be honest. I think Kansas State gonna win the game. Oh, hey, right, but if the but if the over under is that low, and I think Texas is still in the top ten, hey, right, that might actually turn around to be a shootout. I'm after. Ooh, man, you got me in a rock and a hard place on that one. Texas is ranked number seven in the nation right now. I think Kansas State they went up to number twenty five or they twenty three, twenty three. So it's a good game. I know. It's a good game. And just looking at that Kansas State offensive line, bro, I like their chances, man, to run the ball against UT and keep them off the field. But I would say this. I do. I would ride with the line, though. I think the three and a half is, is pretty reasonable based on how Kansas State play. If they could play some solid bend-on-break defense against UT, I think the, the score will be around, like, you know, that, that three and a half with the line being at, what, 49 and a half. That's like 20, 25, 24 points, you know, per team. Is, is the line that low? Because uh, who is the quarterback for UT right now? Is is, Kewer, is Ewer still playing? No. Or is he out for the season because of that shoulder? Injury? I don't think he's out for the season, but he's out for an extended amount of time. Okay. So, Damn. no telling, man. No telling. After what Kansas State did last week, and then what, and they only five and two, and they've only lost to ranked teams, so this might be a good breakout game for them. Bro, this hey, that's a tough call right there. Well, I say you, you gonna you gonna have to glue your eyes to the TV on that one. You got Ole Miss and uh, Texas A and M though. They play against each other as well. Uh, Ole Miss oh. favored by three points. Uh, Ole Miss. Say Ole Miss. Yeah, I'm just gonna win that. Now, I know I've said some harsh things about Lane Kiffin in the past, but I know for a fact he can beat Jimbo. <laughs> I know he can beat Jimbo. Hey, the way Jimbo been coaching lately, man, I agree. You know, it's it's hard to not. You know, I mean, it's hard to roll roll with someone like that when when he's not really like coaching well and stuff like that. To me, right him right now, him and uh. Dana Hogerson is pretty much on the same level, bro, when you talk about it. You know. Oh no. Nah. Oh no. Nah. Jimbo gone after this year. They both need to be gone after this year. No? Yeah. Um let's see, man. Some other some other good games out there, you know. Uh you look at this schedule, bro, it's really not a lot. It's like it's a lot of upside down ass games, but uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State takes on each other, and that could be a real good one, especially Oklahoma coming off that loss against um, Kansas. And, you know, and the week before that, they struggled against UCF. So I wouldn't be surprised if I seen Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma lose two straight. Wow. I don't know about Oklahoma losing two straight, <clears throat> but – Mm-hmm. Oklahoma no, State six and two. They six and two. Uh, they at home, but Oklahoma is favored to win by six points, so by a touchdown. You got uh, P 
Penn State and Maryland. I ride with Penn State on that one. Well, I don't. I don't really know too much about Maryland, man. I just know. I just know they have like these wild uniforms they wear every now and then, and then they just every now and then they may have like one or two like shock victories, but other than that, you don't really hear nothing else about them for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I can I can agree. They're not really a, a team that you really fo- follow and focus on, you know. And I don't think they never have never have been or will be. Yeah. Um, BYU. Plays West Virginia. Um, BYU still trying to, you know, knock off somebody else. Both teams five and three. West Virginia at home, uh, favored by twelve points. I don't know about the twelve point spread. I know BYU got blown out by by UT last week, and, and for that, I, I think BYU somehow goes into West Virginia and get a victory. And I'm not trusting nothing that come out of BYU. I just said this a million times. The only way, the only way I'm gonna trust BYU, and I probably still wouldn't trust the men. They gotta be number one in the in the NCAA. They gotta be undefeated, and they gotta have probably the number one and number two Heisman candidates, bro. Talk about quarterback and wide receiver, or quarterback and defensive end, or something. No, yeah. no, nobody's nobody's saying like, "Hey, I want to go to Brigham Young." No, no one's saying that. They not, but they might start saying it since they're in the Big Twelve now. Things gonna change. People gonna change. I'm not, I'm not going to Mormonville, USA. You wrong for that, man. You wrong for that. No, nothing, nothing against like. Because I feel like I feel like the rules at that school is probably different. Because I feel like you're gonna be running into people who like you out there on their little pilgrimage, and you coming across a, a offensive lineman who like 31 years old. Oh, I just want to play for the school because <laughs> it was my destiny and all that. Like, nah, man. Yeah, um, I'm good on that. I'm hey, what good. you what you think about this game though? You got Washington and USC facing off against each other. Undefeated Washington versus seven and two USC. USC at home, but Washington is favored by three points. Let me tell you something. If Michael Penix Jr. can't get this one done, he ain't got to worry about the Heisman, bro. This is a a must-win game for Washington. So the pressure is more on Washington than it is on USC. USC don't have nothing to worry about. They already lost two times. They're not playing for the national title. But Washington still has a chance. They do, especially if they since they rank number five, and I think another big victory would put them right in the spot to be in, you know, in a place for the college football playoff. And then what we also know too, Michigan and Ohio State they have to cancel each other out. That's so true. That well, might help them out too. Then again, they might be able to. One of those teams still might be able to get in with one loss. Because they are a more powerful ranked, like you know, school. They they wild for that though. I honestly feel like they need to stop doing that. But they can't control it because they have to play each other. But it's crazy that you got two teams not only in the top five every year for the past three years. They be like two and three or one and two every mm-hmm. year. So they just cancel each other. Out. I was like, damn, bro. But, hey, it makes for good football, you know? It does, it does. It's like shit. 
But I guess you know what? I can't be mad at it because when when the SEC do it, we don't say nothing. But then when they when when the Big Ten do it, now it's an issue. Yeah, because look, I was gonna ask you: Do you think that's gonna be the game of the week, or do you think this is gonna be the game of the week? LSU versus Alabama. You guys, Wait, hold on, hold on. That's a damn good question because it's like, yeah, because you got sixty-two LSU. LSU. They, have, they have shown signs of actually playing good, and they just dominated the crap out of somebody. I think like a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. But I know, I know Alabama need these wins, and this would be a good showing if LSU can go out here and get this done. Man, that's a good question. Yep, and LSU is. Uh... Well, I mean, Bama. Bama is favorite to win by three points. Honestly, I'm going to still give it to, to Washington because we still don't know what Washington is capable of. Yeah, they beat Oregon, but at the same time, USC still has something to prove, mm-hmm. and, and Washington really needs his win because I honestly feel – Whoever wins out of Alabama and LSU, neither one of them playing for a national title. They'll play for a great bowl game, but they're not playing for a national title. One of those, Washington has a chance to get in. I, yeah, I can, I can agree. Washington got a shot. Got a little slim shot shot. Especially if they beat USC, bro, and they can finish out, you know, uh, winning this, the, the remaining games of the season. By the way, let's just kind of look at see who they got left. They got USC, then they take on Utah, and then they got Oregon State and Washington State. Man, that's that's tough, bro. That's tough. I don't I don't know. I mean, of course, if they if they went out, you know they're gonna be in the in the playoffs. But the question is, can they win out? That's a tough last four games of the season. That's their remaining schedule? Yep. USC, Utah, Oregon State, Washington. Three of those teams is ranked. Shit. And Washington State, you know, that's their rivalry, so that's going to be the toughest game of them all. Yeah, it is. Especially, especially you know, looking at, let's see, Washington State, they, they 500 right now. They 4-4, four and four, and... Possibly by the by the time the uh, end of the season, they they might be like, let's say they might win two more games, so they might be like six and six and five or something like that, bro. They ain't got nothing to lose, you know what I'm saying? They already know they're going to a bullshit bowl, and they got Washington coming in, you know, like if we can mess up their season, why not? I think Washington gonna lose, man, in the next four weeks. Man, I hope not. But it's like honestly, I I see it too, but I just don't know who they gonna lose to. Yeah, I don't know which one of them teams they're gonna lose to, but one of them teams gonna give them a problem. That's for sure. That's the crazy part. Like you know they're gonna lose. Not to say like, they not not because they not good, but just because it's like it's tough. Really, just yeah, they just got a tough ass <laughs> schedule. Um, yeah, man. Like, uh, let me see. Other game of this week is Oregon State and Colorado. 
They play against each other at Colorado at home. Oregon State favored by 13 points. That's very possible, you know. Oregon it's, State. Oh, it's, no, it's, it's way more than possible. It's, it's, it's going to happen. I don't know, but, you know, it, I think that's that's a game that can go either way. I, I haven't seen a whole lot of Oregon State, but I know they've been playing solid football, and they ranked. And uh, Colorado, they be up and down. So, <clears throat> I think I think they'll be competitive. But they'll probably end up losing the game in the second half. Only thing about that, <coughs> we already know that the only, only the only thing that's that we know for sure, Colorado gonna play in the bowl whether they got a winning record or not. <coughs> that's the crazy part. They gonna play with a bowl just because of Coach Fryer. Yep. Facts. It's the Houston Sports Connoisseurs. Don't forget to seek, listen, and learn to be a sports connoisseur just like me. The sports connoisseur, D-Raw. Uh-oh, your, your favorite pass. Oh, you know I got to rub it in one time for you, man. Hey. Remember when you said the Jaguars wasn't going to beat them Steelers, man? I just want you to just remember that, you know. just want yeah. to remind you who came out on top. Hey, I guess y'all turned the page, you know, so far this season. Y'all looking a lot better. I'd give it to you. Y'all, now, what I am just Y'all running away with the division, too. But, but damn that, bro. What the hell happened in Carolina? Oh, this past Sunday. Man, conservative play calling on the offense. Hey, what? I what? I actually seen a, a few things out of Houston in that game. They didn't play a bad game overall. They, they, it, it's just, but they just, they was not aggressive at all. <laughs> like, they just knew they had Yeah, on the offensive side, they, they wasn't they aggressive. And and they didn't stretch the field. They, they didn't really try to hit their targets deep, you know. And I think that's what caused them the game. Besides that, I mean, uh, let's look at the stats, bro. Like, you know, I don't know, bro. I, I'm not really too sure of Damian Pierce at this point. I really don't think he's a good fit for this offense. And they're really going to have to go find somebody else that can kind of, like, fulfill uh, that spot, you know, Besides Devin Singletary, but I would say this and, is a it's a good thing and a bad thing. Damian Pierce will be injured this week, so he won't start uh, this upcoming uh, game against Tampa Bay. But uh, I mean, you know, it's unfortunate. But seeing Devil Devin Singletary get more carries and get the most carries, we get to kind of see where the offensive uh, you know line look like with Singletary back there. Uh, does he hit the hole a little bit better? Do he get more yards per carry? Uh, do he do better than Damian? I mean, from what I've seen in the Carolina game, I would say yes. He looks better. He looks more patient behind the line, and he does better at making people miss than Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce, he hits the hole hard. He, he's not patient through the the, uh, the line of scrimmage. And, uh, he, you know, I think that's what hurts him the most. If he was a little bit more patient, better, better at making – the running backs uh, make people miss, uh, he would look a whole lot better. But in this offensive system, since it's not a power run system at this point, I think it's really taking a toll on 
uh, where he's going in his career with the Houston Texans at this point? Man, look. I, I don't really feel like Damian Pierce is an issue. Yes, he's been struggling, but, you know, y'all still try to find consistency with the O-line, too. Because That's true. I think That's right true, now cause... y'all try to find something where y'all can actually run block and pass block. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I was disappointed in how Laramie Tunsil played in that game overall. Um, just seeing how he allowed uh, what's his face, uh, just the Brian Burns to dominate him off the pass rush. I I see him give up a sack easily to Brian Burns. You know. I expect more out of Larry Tunsil, especially when you're the highest-paid left tackle in the NFL. I expect you to be a better pass protector, you know? Um, but so, I think a lot of stuff, man, it was play-calling, though. Like, Tank Dell coming back, uh, Robert Woods being out, and Tank Dell, um, you know, getting three carries for 15 yards. It's just pretty crazy, bro. Like, they could have gave them carries to somebody else. I didn't really mind them doing like the little receiver screens and a reverse and stuff like that, but I think they was doing it a little too much, and and it wasn't effective. And then like handing the ball off to Andrew Beck, the fullback, the first time it worked, but the second time it was like, come on now, man, it's the best thing you could draw up, you know. Just they had to do better, bro, with the with the play call. It wasn't aggressive enough from uh, Bobby Slowick. And I just think that's what I told you. I told you he was sus to me ever since that. You know what I'm saying? When I first, when I first seen this play college strategy, I told you he was sus to me. I don't think he's suspect or anything. I just think that he a rookie. He a rookie uh, coordinator under a rookie head coach with a rookie quarterback. At the day, bro, you know by by week what is this week eight week nine, bro? You know what kind of offense you got. You know what you have. You know what you can get away with. You know what your quarterback is capable of. You know what work, what plays work and what plays don't. Because I didn't see Damian Pierce look good, and I didn't see Damian Pierce look like he don't even know what's going on in the offense. Yeah, but I, I think a lot of it, like they need to more they need to run more sets. That's like three receiver, four receiver sets with a tight end. Like Dalton Schultz should be on the field a little bit more, and he should be running more routes to get open, and he should be. That that third down uh, savior more more times than not, you know, and I'm not seeing that right now. But overall, like I, I think that's why they lost the game. I would like to know what uh, the Texans would look like uh, with Stingley out there. You know, maybe they would have got the stop uh, against Carolina in the fourth quarter. Maybe you know, maybe maybe not, but. I think they would have looked a little bit better. But, hey, we'll see. We will see. Um, <clears throat> some of the other games, Tampa and Buffalo, they played against each other. Buffalo won 24-18. Uh, Dallas dominated against the L.A. Rams, 43-20. Uh, to Green Bay lost once again to Minnesota 24-10 after Kirk Cousins was probably having the best season of his career. Uh, he gets injured, and now he's out for the season. Uh, Will Levis, he came in relief of Ryan Tannehill. It's about time. Thank God. He really, hey, 
You heard you listened to the podcast last week, didn't you? You knew you was on that chopping block, didn't you? I told <laughs> you they was coming for you, Mike Brable. That's why you threw him in. You hey. already knew. Hey, the team, do, the team do look a whole lot more competitive now, bro, that, that Will Levis is yeah, out there. He hop site. Mark, hey, let me tell you something. We, we, we had it, they had it all last week, man. Them boys, them boys came alive in them Oilers jerseys, man. Yeah, hell with that bullshit. Yeah, I said that. That's BS right there. Because how you going to do a cease and desist on the University of Houston for wearing the Oilers colors <clears throat> and, uh, Houston Oilers like design uh, uniforms and they not even an NFL team but not only that they didn't wear the Oilers logo so that's to me the only thing that you can really patent and uh, really try to find somebody over um, another thing is that you know how many teams out here that wear similar colors and similar schemes like look at Iowa uh, University and the Steelers, they look similar. Oh, look at they told, hey, they told, um, they told the Rockies they can't wear the, uh, those blue ones anymore either. That's why they changed it. That's why, uh, the city jerseys they changed them again. They turned to the five slime pajama. I've seen that. I've seen it. I gotta see, I gotta see what they look like when they put it on. Actually, I don't know if I'm really liking it so far. Uh, they're not bad. I've only seen it in white so far. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know, bro. Only thing like about white jerseys, I, I'm never really impressed. If a jersey's white, I always like to see like a full color jersey, like a blue jersey, red jersey, with you know white accents and stuff like that. But a white jersey with other color accents, it just seems so plain to me. Yeah, because white isn't a color that really just stands out unless you have on all white what nobody else does. That's the only way white stands out to me. You got to be the only person in the room with white on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, New Orleans New Orleans beat Indy 38-27. That helped the division some. Uh, Miami beats New England 31-17. And yeah, Jacksonville. What you said, man? Man, Miami gonna lose this week because every time I, every time I need them to beat a decent team, they, they play. They can beat all the scrubs. They play the Chiefs this week. The scrubs is easy, bro. They not beating the Chiefs. I think they gonna beat them. You know why? I just feel like uh, Tyreek Hill and them got something to prove, and it's really gonna be a good game. That might actually be a good game. I think it's gonna be a shootout because neither one of them I really just be a shootout with with uh, Philadelphia. I was wrong. Nah, I ain't seen no shootout with them. Philly got a. Got a damn good defense, bro. Especially in that front line. I ain't I didn't expect no shootout. But New York and New York, they played against each other. Jets pulled off 13-10 overtime. Zach Wilson, 240 yards. You know? I, and I wanted to tell you, too, you're disrespectful, dog. Because uh, you called that Tyrod Taylor injury. And sure enough. I told you, man. I told you Tyrod Taylor's going to get hurt. That's all he do. Every year, he signed up for another year with another team. He played about two or three games. He played amazing. And then he get a little rib injury, and he's out. I hate I hate to say it, but that's what his career has come to. He's out. He's sitting on the bench. He's going to make his money either way, though, so it doesn't really matter. Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. Y'all did get the win, 20-10. to 10. Lucky y'all. Hey, appreciate it. I know it hurts for you to say that, bro. 
that we the best team in the AFC South, bro. But it, it is what it is, bro. Uh, it's hard for me to say uh, y'all the best, but the record shows that y'all are. But eh, I don't know about best. We'll see. Philly played Washington. They won 38-31. The last two games that they played against each other have been very, very close. And every time I watch Washington play football, they're always very competitive. Sam Howell had 397 yards, bro. And they decided to blow up the team and get rid of both of their main pass rushers. I just feel like that was the most stupid, crazy shit they could do. You know, yeah, I didn't understand that either. You like, know, like, how do you get rid of Chase Young? I, I, thought, I really thought it was going to be one or the other. Because it's like, okay, Chase has been injury prone. Okay, good. You, you want to deal him anyway. I told him, I told you, told you the Texans should have traded for Chase Young. Because they only gave him away for like a third and a fifth. Yeah, that, that was my point. I was really heated when I heard about that, man. And then Montrez Sweat, he went, he went away for a second round pick. They could have got him. Montez Sweat, my bad. But yeah, they could have got him, bro. Like, Man, they could have got either one of them because... That was that was a low price for the, all that potential that both of them offered. That was a very low price, and they're gonna give you instant pass rush help. But you know the rich keep getting richer. The only thing I can honestly say about San Francisco right now, what are they gonna do with all of this talent? They figure they it out. Building up all this talent just to stop the touch push in Philadelphia. Mm, they'll figure it out. That's what I will tell you. That they will figure it out. Oh, and Joshua Dobbs, he got traded to uh, Minnesota, so I guess he's going to be the new relief for Kirk Cousins. I wonder how their season going to go after that trade. So, you know what's crazy to me about that trade? Why did the Cardinals trade they start quarterback? He must have been really out there trying to win. They told him, don't do it. Uh, I don't know, man. But, you know, they're going to put in uh, – uh, uh, What's his name that, that was at U of H? Uh, Clayton Toon. Clayton Toon will be the new starting quarterback, so I'm I'm kind of happy for that because, you know, he, he a former Cougar, and I want to see what he's going to do. Yeah. And, and when I, is, I do want to see it, but when you know, is, uh, that's, just, that's just crazy to me, man. But they, when is Kyler Murray coming back, though? They the quarterback who kept him competitive in the game. Yeah. But my question is, like, when is Kyler Murray going to return? Because I thought he was returning soon. Oh, no. That boy said he is not playing at all. He said, I'm not playing for a team that's losing like that. I'm not going to go out there and get hurt. He didn't say all that, bro. Yeah, he said it. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be some um, interesting... Um, you know, games going down the line because of these trades that happen. Um, Cleveland, they lost to Seattle. Geno Smith, 254 yards passing. Kansas City lost to Denver in a 24-9 blowout. Patrick Mahomes, 240 yards passing. Um, I actually like what I've seen out of Denver. You know, it looked like they're getting on the right page all of a sudden. Sean Payton doing something. They just exposed Patrick Mahomes for what he really is, bro. He is nothing without Eric B. Enemy. Wow. Wow. You really going to go there? Is that what you really think? Yeah. Look at the offense. Look at the offense as a whole this year. They're talking more about the Chiefs' defense than they're talking about the Chiefs' offense. Let's be. Let's just be serious. Well, that's because they ain't really got no receivers, bro. 
but they just traded they just traded back for McCole Hardman, somebody who was already in they in they uh system. Plus, they saw up and down that Sky Moore was the all right answer and you know, replacement for Tyreek Hill. Now all of a sudden they need a receiver. No, and they didn't no. make any moves for all those receivers available at the trade deadline. Well, hey, they ain't the only team that didn't make no moves because the Texans ain't make a move either. And I feel like they could have went on either side of the ball, offense or defense, and made some kind of splash, bro. Just, you know, get some kind of playmaker regardless. Uh, this was the time to do it, and they didn't take advantage of the time. Um, hey, maybe yeah. they feel like what this here. They feel like they got, like, a, a good – you know, a good nucleus for what they got. They didn't want to bring nobody in. Now, pass rush is different because I feel like they needed somebody on the opposite end to compliment uh, Will Anderson Jr. That's why I feel like they should have traded for like Montez Sweat or Chase Young because yeah. that would have been a perfect, you know what I'm saying, compliment to what he's yeah, trying to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, he would have been a perfect compliment. Double team a little bit easier. Even, even if they had took one of them guys and they just like put them at linebacker and stood them up and Made them play, you know, a little bit different role, and they had Jonathan Grenard, Chase Young, and uh, Will Anderson Jr. Bro, that just would have been so much better, bro, so much better. But hey, you know, I guess you live and you learn as a uh, GM, huh, Nick Casario? Ain't I don't think he gonna be there too much longer either. Not if they don't uh, continue to win, he won't. If they go go down the wrong road, he gonna be gone. But uh. Vegas and Detroit played against each other. Jared Goff, 272 yards. Detroit won 26-14. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, bro, the boy had 152 yards rushing. I like what I see out of him, man, especially with uh, Montgomery not being in. You really get to see what Gibbs have to offer. Why don't he start over Montgomery? It doesn't really make sense to me. But uh, after this game, it should make a whole lot of sense to the Lions. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know, bro. Like, it, it was so many moves that could have been made, and I feel like the only team that made moves were the teams that didn't need to make any at all, which is weird. Yeah. Well, it's week nine, NFL, and your first game is probably going to be the best game of the day. From Frankfurt, you got Miami and Kansas City. Kansas City favored by one and a half, and the line is 50 and a half. I think I'm going to take the over on both. That ain't bad. And I would take, I would take the over on that, too, only because I feel like they're going to be in Germany. They're going to be in Frankfurt. It's the first time they really got to experience real American football. And I feel like all teams going to go all the way out. I feel like Mike McDaniel is going to open up the playbook. I feel like Andy Reid is going to open up the playbook all the way because he got to get his he got to get his quarterback back on track. The worst thing that can happen right now is if two will go out there and just drop the ball. Yeah. Uh, I don't think two are going to do that. I think it's going to be a competitive game all the way through. I'm actually going to ride with the Dolphins, though. I think the Dolphins going to win, bro. Man, I, I, I want to say that, but I just don't see it, man. We'll see. We'll see. I'm taking Dolphins by one and a half. 
Uh, Atlanta and Minnesota face off against each other. I'm going to take the Falcons in that one by three and a half. Yeah, because they're going to get ran all over because they still don't have no defense in Minnesota. If you're going to trade for Josh Dobbs, you should have found a way to give, you should have found a way to bring in some, some pass rush help if you're not going to do nothing. Well, then again, they were still trying to trade to be a hunter too, so I don't really know what's going on with that either. Man, that that team is kind of like in a in a midlife crisis right now, bro. They're gonna have to probably either find some some young talent to like electrify their team, or they're gonna have to kind of like blow it up and just start over. In my opinion. Um, Rams and Packers play against each other. Packers need this win a lot more than the Rams do. So, I'm going to ride with the Packers. Man, look. I'm not riding with the Packers because I don't like that comment they put out about Jordan Love. What they said about Jordan Love? They already said they don't feel like he's going to be the answer. They already, like, weighing in their options on next season on somebody else. That's possible. I can see it. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm I mean, not you got to be like, Aaron Rodgers didn't show him shit. Probably didn't. Then again, he probably did. I mean, we don't we really don't know. But he's been there for four years. How much do you really need him to show you? You just need to go perform at this point. I mean, that's what I think. <laughs> uh, Seattle and the Baltimore Ravens face off against each other as well. Ravens favored by six. Who do you think gonna win? I feel like the Ravens are going to win, but I need to see Seattle's defense step up. Even if they don't get the victory, I want to see if they can actually bring all this young nucleus together to make a new legion of boom. Uh, let me That's ask you this. Who do you think is going to play better at the quarterback position? Now, are we talking about passing or are we just talking about overall? Overall. Oh, it's going to be Lamar. Think Lamar gonna uh, play better? Oh yeah. I think whoever played better at the quarterback position win the game in this one, especially if they gotta put it through the air. I'm trying to tell you. Um, Colts play Panthers. Panthers home again. Um, I think the Colts gonna win the game. I don't see the Panthers winning two games back to back. They got lucky so, against the Texans. They got lucky against Houston. They hey, I told you, I swear that team was supposed to go 0-17, bro. I don't see no 0-17, but, yeah, they got lucky, bro. But, we, you know what? Only thing I can say is that uh, they made some adjustments while they was on their bye week, and they came out looking like a much better team. I'll say that. Uh, Giants and Raiders. Raiders, um have a first game without Coach McDaniels being at the helm. Uh, McDaniels got fired, and they're favored by two points against the Giants at home. I'm sorry. I'm the Raiders did something right. Mark Davis finally stepping up as an owner and realizing, that, hey, the GM sucks. The coach sucked. He ruined my team. Hey, it's time for him to go. <laughs> uh it's the truth. He ruined the team. I think they're gonna win. Only reason I say that is because I seen um, I seen how they was kind of buying in 
back into the team and stuff after they fired him. So maybe maybe this is going to get the Raiders on the right page. I don't know about them benching Garoppolo, though. But, yeah, uh, he did right, because guess what? Guess what? Because Antonio Pierce is the uh, is the head coach. Now, now, let me give you a quote from the coach himself to let you know that he's really ready to get out here and do his thing. Now, this is this is the first thing he said in his first in his first press conference. I boy said, "I'm a former player. I touch former players. I can relate to them." They're going to feel me. I need to feel them. That was the worst introduction for a new head coach I've ever heard in my life. Well, yeah, but at the same when, time, because when you say it like that, it sounds like something else. Hey, <laughs> that's hey, that's what it's hey. Hey, hey, look, I'm I'm gonna send it to you right now. Just you know, think I'm out here just joking around. The man said, "I'm a former player." I touch former players. I can relate to them. They're going to feel me. I need to feel them. Bruh, he should have been fired right after that. Nah, they ain't gonna fire him. But I think they're they gonna... Fired, they should have fired Antonio Pierce right after that. I think they're gonna be in a much better position. But uh, this Dallas... Oh, no, no, and... I'm all for it, but I know I'm just joking around with him and everything, but God damn. Yeah. But this Dallas and uh, Philly game is going to be a game to watch. I think this might be the game of the week. Of course, they always going mark to mark it off like that because it's Dallas. But it might actually be a pretty good game. Uh, Man, that's boy, let me tell you something. That boy Dak going to go out there and fuck up. He might. Philly favored by three points at home, though. So, um, Vegas ain't expecting it to be a blowout. That's because both of these teams are very, very close. As far as, like, defense. Honestly, this might sound crazy. And I know, in the UK, you know, I, I'm not really a Dallas fan at all. But I pay attention to football. I really feel like in this game, Dallas has the defensive advantage. Normally, I would never say that. You really think but Dallas you know, got a defensive advantage? His defense is completely stacked. But I really feel like the the acquisitions that Dallas made over the offseason and just the years, you know, coming, I really feel like they have the better defense in Philadelphia this year. Nah, bro, I don't see it. I'm, I, hey, I'm telling you. I'm talking they about the, the front seven from Philly. I, I just don't see it. And they still got Darius Slay at the corner position. I don't know who else they got at DB and up top, but just looking at them, I, I, I don't see it, man. I think Dallas gonna lose this game. It might be a close game, and you know, rightfully so, Dallas could pull it off. But I think Philly gonna win the game. But uh, Cincinnati and Buffalo they play against each other Sunday night. That could be a good one too. And how many? My question: How many uh, prime time games are they gonna give Buffalo? I swear I've seen them boys on primetime about six times already. Bro, they gonna keep giving Buffalo all them primetime games because not only is Josh Allen they trying to make him and Patrick Holmes the face of the front, you know, the face of the NFL, those two people. But they really trying to make 
Buffalo a marketable city? Or, well, it ain't gonna never be a big market, but they're getting that new stadium, so they're trying to make up for their loss. <laughs> but they'll but they'll never have they'll never have a Super Bowl in the cold, and they damn sure ain't gonna never have a Super Bowl in Buffalo. True, never. true that they don't they, they don't have that a, shit over with. Once New York, once the once they had that in New York or New Jersey, whatever it is, they it was a wrap after that. Nobody was going out there to actually be out there. Yeah, I'm not partying in in the cold like that. <laughs> well, uh, Monday night is the Chargers and Jets. Oh, that's whack. Chargers favored by three and a half, but... They need to be favored by more than that. But you know what? The defense has been carrying them all season. I was about to say, I... we are, you know, the Chargers going to charge, so... Yeah, I was about to say, I could see the Jets pulling in off, bro, just thinking about the defense of the Chargers. I mean, of the Jets uh, against the Chargers offense. Uh, I could see Justin Herbert having a couple of mess-ups in the game and putting, putting the Jets in position to you know, win the game. But, uh, hey, man, that's a wrap on the NFL talk, bro. Um, predictions is out. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Houston Texans and Tampa um, a little later. Right now, I'm going to ride with my Texans. But, uh, people, I'll go into a little more detail a little later about that. Stay tuned for that. Hey, I feel like it's going to be a good week. I don't really see too many, you know, upsets or surprises, but we actually gonna have it's gonna be some good games out there that's gonna catch you off guard. You be like, damn, I really didn't see that coming. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think so too. Uh, I think I think on both sides, college and and uh, NFL, we're gonna see some games like that this week, especially because we really get into that latter part of the season where things starting to really become a little bit more important in college. Mm-hmm. So I can see that too. So it's about to it's about to be good. Talking about the Texans, man. Um, I like the Texans' chances against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, only because C.J. Stroud is an amazing quarterback at a young rookie age. And when you got a rookie like Stroud, you always got a chance. Uh, when you got someone like Tank Dell, you always got a chance. So I'm always giving a fighter's chance in any game. Uh, against any team in the NFL. I like what our defense do. Uh, they bend but don't break. Um, man, they, they just play amazing sometimes. But, you know, um, this is all about coaching. You know, like the, the game against the Panthers, we failed because I feel like coaching let us down, you know, as far as, like, aggressive play calls and stuff on offense. Um, but also just the offensive line needing to, like, um, make plays when – when we, we really, really need them, and they don't. So um, that's all I could really say about uh, this Texans game. But I will say this. I got the Texans winning this game, of course, because I'm going to ride for my team. But I think it's going to be a very tough game for us to win, for sure. Um, if we can split that NFC South division um, in half and get two victories out of it, you know, and we got those two losses, that's a win for us. And get to, and to get back to 500. Um, that's even better, especially when we got to face off against Cincinnati the next week. Um, and it's going to be away in Cincinnati. So, uh, 
Hopefully, the Texans pull that one off for sure. Now, um, I wanted to move on and I want to talk about baseball. Um, unfortunately, the Astros had lost against the Rangers in the ALCS. The Rangers prevailed and went to the World Series, won the World Series easily against the Arizona Diamondbacks because I don't even see what part of the World Series was actually competitive. Um, Nobody watched this World Series, man. Nobody was interested. It was the Texas Rangers. It was the least watched World Series ever, as far as I know. Um, And I can tell you, I was not one of the watchers. I was not cheering on the Rangers. Um, I didn't care if they won or they lost. I didn't even want to see them celebrate um, winning their World Series. Number two, um, your boy Adoles Garcia, he on them roids, man. He on them roids. The Rangers know it. We all know it. He did it. He done it. Uh, but, hey, they won. They get their first World Series. Sounds pretty rigged to me. I know y'all always want to talk about cheaters, but I think the cheaters are the Rangers. I know they've been tearing it up uh, the, the what, last month or so. They was tearing it up um, earlier, you know, in earlier parts of the year um, in baseball. But, man, for them to just turn it on the way they did and, go out and win the World Series, you know, for the very first time. And the way they did it in the fashion they did it, I just I just can't believe they did it, man. But, hey, congrats to their baseball team. They got a, a win. But I bet I bet you that team don't be half as competitive as they was uh, this year, next year. I promise you, watch. If if they if they are, hey, then you, you let me know. But, man, as far as Astros, I'm very – very disappointed, highly disappointed because I felt like um, they had multiple chances to win and get to the World Series. You know, uh, three with three games, they won straight, two games at home, and all they needed was a win. All they needed was a couple hits, some solid pitching, and boom, we would have been in the World Series. And we probably would have easily dominated Arizona Diamondbacks, especially the way uh, the Texas Rangers did them. But, hey, everything happens for a reason. You know, uh, we move on from Dusty Baker. He's retired. I could say in some ways I'm, I'm happy to part ways with him, but in some ways it's kind of sad because he's a damn good um, manager for baseball, Hall of Fame manager, Hall of Fame baseball player. So you got to, you know, uh, take it, yeah, tilt your hat to uh, Dusty Baker for doing what he do, um, but also at the same time, I'm kind of happy because we we get to get the opportunity to uh, get someone new in there, maybe someone younger with newer ideas, better ideas to um, just you know flourish and and, and make the team um, play a little different and and make some of the the correct moves when needed. I think and analytics can play a, a huge part in the success for the Astros moving forward as as well as it always has. Um, but I think Dusty Baker kind of fell off the analytic uh, trend because of his his coaching style. But getting someone new in there, young, or, you know, just middle age and just know what they're doing uh, with some new ideas, I think won't hurt the Astros, especially with a dominant team that we have, a, a nice lineup. Um, we can get another outfielder, a couple more pitchers, and we're back where we at again, you know, and I think we'll be back in the World Series. Most definitely need some pitching, though. Uh, by far, and if we can get another contact hitter, because I don't know if um if we're gonna get some of those those players back, um 
But um, man, I'm I'm very proud of the Astros to keep you know staying on on a uh, trail that they they've been on. You know they're they're trending upward as usual, and and they're doing something at a, at a, a Hall of Fame level that no other baseball team has really done, uh, besides the Braves. And I I don't even think the Braves, uh, won, won. I think they won maybe one championship, uh, but they haven't won multiple. And if the Astros can get three out of this dynasty of a team, uh, I call that a complete success. But even with two, I'm happy. But man. To do it three times, that's even better, you know. Um, moving on, um, I want to talk about the Rockets, man. The Rockets, the Rockets are back. The NBA is back in action. Um, right now, we're sitting where um, I think we're like one and one and three, or something like that. We beat the Hornets. Um, I did watch the Hornets game. Oh no, we beat the Hornets and we beat the Kings. And, um, you know, we, we as a team are, are starting to figure out how we're going to succeed, how, how we can uh, defend well, but also, you know, push the ball around and let everybody kind of touch it. And, uh, you know, when, when Jalen Green has good games, when he's putting up 23 points, Van Vliet's 22, and t- uh, 11 assists, you know, you got to tip your hat to that because that's winning basketball. When we out there, you know, making plays on the defense and when you got uh, Alperin Sengun in the paint making plays, man, you, you just got to tip, tip your hat to that because that's that's just what we expect out of our team, especially with a young squad. We're expecting uh, – to do things big and, and hopefully we could just stay on the right track. You know, it's still early. Um, but I, I have, have a, a big NBA discussion about the Rockets probably coming up in a couple weeks, you know, after we get maybe about 15 to 20 games in under the belt. And, um, and then we can really just kind of, uh, have a full breakdown on where this team stand and where, where it look like they're going. You know, um, like I said earlier, man, I got a couple breakdowns coming up. Uh, we we got we got the Texan breakdown coming up. Uh, me and my boy Charles will be back on again uh, to talk about them again, and you know, and just really just break down where the team is statistically, where they're going, you know, and uh, what we like and, and what we want to see, and, and and talk about you know possible playoff contention if we can get there or, or if we can't, you know. But um, uh, Houston Cougars, we we gonna I'm gonna definitely talk about that. Um. You know, I'm going to try to get somebody on that, that really has some uh, cougar knowledge, uh, just like me, and, and we can, we can uh, you know, let it fly and go from there. But, um, yeah, um, MLS action, man. Let's talk about the Houston Dynamo. You know, if, if someone listening and they really follow the Dynamo, man, get at me because uh, your insight is a whole lot better than mine because I really don't watch the Dynamo because they really don't be on TV like that. But I will tell you this. Dynamo are in the playoffs. Uh, they won the first game against Real Salt Lake. They will have a second game uh, on Monday night against Real Salt Lake. And I think that game will actually be played in Real Salt Lake. Uh, Dynamo won two to one the first game, and it's a best of three series. So if the the Dynamo can go out to uh, Salt Lake City and get the second dub, they'll move on to the second round. Um, man, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the Dynamo succeed. Uh, that's that's one of the teams in the city, you know, that that carries championships for sure. So uh, for them to go get some more championships, 
add it to their, their trophy collection. Hey, I'm all for it, you know. Let's go, baby. Um, other than that, man, people, I, I appreciate y'all for listening to another episode of the Houston Sports Connoisseurs. Uh, you know, I'm always trying to do it big for y'all, trying to put some, some more things together. Uh, just keep listening, man, because I'm finna have a, a lot of people coming in and dropping their knowledge as well with me and uh, giving their opinions because it's about to get good. So please like, comment, subscribe, share, show the love, baby.